morning, church. Hello. Oh, it's good to be with you. Man, I'm feeling old right now. Thanks, Dan Frecker, just because you're under 30. Oh, my gosh. I am still in my 40s for one more month. And then I turn 50 in January. Uh, Happy days. I don't mind. I feel like I already am 50. That's okay. (laughs) So good to see you. How good is it to be in church on a Sunday? This is the house of miracles. I love being in church. It sets me up for my week. It feels like an injection of life. And as I was just praying today, I'm just seeing this church as an oasis. It's an oasis. You know, in the desert where you're just like, there's dryness, it's really hot and dusty. And then there's an oasis and it's a spring of water and refreshment. That's what this church is. It's for you and it's for people to come in that are feeling dry and dusty and feeling like they need refreshing. This is a house of refreshment. It's a beautiful place where the presence of God comes and touches people's hearts and spirits and just brings life back into them and and encouragement and hope and restoration. You know what the Bible says, um, those who restore, refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so even if today you're serving or you're on team or you're working hard, bringing us into that place of refreshment, you yourself will be refreshed. Isn't that beautiful? So this is an oasis. This is a place where there is life and refreshment. It's beautiful. Jesus is here to meet with you and to touch you today. Come on, give him a round of applause. We love Jesus. He's a good God. Love the house of God. You may be seated. I want to thank our band, amazing, beautiful uh, worship this morning. I saw you guys had your like Christmas party this week, little end of year breakup party. Oh, come on, it's like this awesome team. You just like know how to party. And so anyone who wants to party, they should join the team. Is that right, Ash? So do you need like um, some more people on team? Oh, what would you like, Ash? Tell us. Oh my gosh, some keyboardists. Yeah, but people who actually know how to play would be good. Awesome. What else? If you can sing, who can sing? Yeah, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) awesome. What do they do? What do they do if they want to join worship team? Come chat to you. Join the dream team. Yeah. Who loves Ash Owen? Oh my gosh, Ash, you're a beautiful leader. You've got a sweet spirit and you've got a heart of a worshipper. And uh, that just is so evident in the way that you lead and lead this beautiful team. And we love you. So grateful. Have you been doing this almost since the beginning? When did you start being the worship? Over a year. Okay. Hey, oh, come on. Give Ash and the worship team a round of applause. Thanks, guys. You can take your seats. I'll get you up a little bit later. I uh, love being in Melbourne. For those who don't know, my parents were born and bred in Melbourne. They were Melburnians and they uh, actually um, got saved here in Croydon. 
and um, baptised in the Holy Spirit and started their family. And that's the heritage that I come from. So I have a special affinity with Melbourne and love coming down, came down and spent a night in the city with uh, my daughter Gemma on Friday night. And uh, Melbourne's showing off at the moment. It's like the Christmas decorations everywhere and uh, Fed Square with a big tree. You've got to get down there if you haven't seen it. Uh, Enjoy your beautiful city. I love it. John sends his love. He's holding the fort back home and looking after our puppy, uh, who I entrusted um, him to take to the groomer on Friday. And he's never done that before. And so I said, it's all, it's all right. It's all set up. They've got it all on fire, what he has done and how he, you know, looks. And he gets there and um, their computer system's down. And so <laughs> he's just like... Ah, I don't know what to tell them. So, you know, he rings me up and send me a photo of what he's supposed to look like. It's, you know, like, ah, oh, just tell them this and do that. And actually, he's worked out. I wish I had a photo to show you. Oh, my gosh, he's a little bit shooter and uh, he's a um, very uh, fun, happy puppy. Uh, but what I will, I do have photos to show you what's going on at C3 Powerhouse, Sunshine Coast. Johnny's preaching there this morning. Uh, He'll be back in February with me uh, to visit you guys. Uh, We are loving our community and uh, just the generosity of C3 Powerhouse, just putting together this last week, putting together 250 hampers that go out into the community for people that are doing it tough. There's something like $33,000 worth of groceries. Can you see that? Uh, all All the hampers there lined up. That's not even all of them, 250 hampers. And uh, the big Christmas tree, we got that one as well. There we are. We're just like showing off all those hampers. And that's our vision for here in Melbourne as well, to bless our community with no strings attached, just to share the love of God. People feel like, oh, someone cares. You know, we get so many testimonials of um, hearing people that just feel like, oh, had a really tough year this year and I just, just to know that someone cared about me and thought about me and was generous towards me and so that's our heart for our communities, just to share the love of God with no strings attached and, uh, and we're doing that, we're doing that, that's our vision for here as well. Coming up in January, we have our Leaders Big Day Out. Let me tell you about that because we run that on the Sunshine Coast every year. It's kind of like the two big things we do each year is our Powerhouse Conference, which we run in July. And I know a lot of you came up for that this year, which was phenomenal. It was incredible to have our Melbourne representatives at our Powerhouse Conference. And Leaders Big Day Out is at the end of January. And this is kind of like, ah, oh, we have Friday night, night of impartation. Uh, just the touch of God, just release and just that refreshing that I'm talking about being imparted to us. And then the Saturday is like a leadership download. We hear from different speakers. We've got Paul Geeling, the head of IC Church, coming in just to download some leadership principles and inspire us in our leadership. So you're invited. If you want to come up to the Sunshine Coast, details are on there. I think that is a QR code. Can you make that out? I mean, there's lots of like symbolic things going on there, but that's actually a QR code. And uh, you can join us, I think, Friday night, the Thursday is Australia Day public holiday. So you can make a really big weekend of it, you know, stay and uh, yeah, Queensland in summer. I don't know if that's a good thing, actually. (laughs) You might actually freak out. It's like, whoo. 
pretty humid, but um, you're all invited, so it's cool. We're created for connection, hey? Ah, this is why we were created, to be in relationship with God. He's our heavenly Father. He wants to be in relationship with each one of us. And uh, I don't know where you are at uh, today, where you have come in, if you have a relationship with God. In every service, we talk about having a personal relationship with God. You see, it's one thing to believe that there is a God, or maybe you pray occasionally, but to have a real relationship with God as your heavenly Father, that's what it's all about. And we give you an opportunity in every service to invite Him into your life and say, yeah, I want that relationship. And we'll be doing that during this service because that's why we're created, to have that connection, first of all, with God and then with people who He has created us for connection. Sometimes you think that's a good thing and other times you're like, oh, I don't know, people, they annoy me. I'll tell you what's going on in our home at the moment. We've got a possum in the ceiling. Has anyone ever had one of these running around like crazy and they just, oh my gosh, how do you get rid of them? (laughs) You live with it. It's just like running across the ceiling and our dog He's just going psycho. He's just like runs across, looks up, and then it, it flies down the other end and he runs down. He's just like, I don't know what's going on. I can't see it. I, I can hear it. And uh, so, you know, we've had a lot going on this year. We've had our two sons get married and it's all, you know, going on. And so John's like, okay, I don't have time for this. I'm calling the possum catcher. All right, so he rings, you know, this number. They said, oh, we'll send out a guy. And, you know, they set up this trap, which, you know, looked a bit, you know, pretty simplistic. It's just like a cage with a half an apple, like just sitting there outside the house. It's like, okay, whatever. But they asked him to pay up front in full. John had a weak moment and he did it. Okay. <laughs> like you don't do that generally, right? With business, you like maybe pay a deposit and then okay, it wasn't it wasn't cheap either. It was like it was a professional uh, possum catcher. Uh, and so anyway, a week goes by, nothing happens. Doesn't catch the possum, doesn't eat the apple. Another week, nothing. Calls him back, it's like, are you legit? Like, what's the story? Comes back, moves the, tr- the cage with the sort of the trap thing, uh, you know, half a centimetre, puts a full apple in there. It's like, okay, you think that's going to work? I look up on the internet, I'm like, how do you really catch a, a peanut butter? All right, so yeah, but yeah, okay. So I put it on bread, shove it in the little trap without setting it off. The next day, all the apples gone, all the peanut butter bread's gone. There's nothing in the trap. Oh, guys, we are still, we've got the, the three weeks, we've got the noisy possum, we've got the psycho dog, and we've got the empty wallet. Okay, so it's, he's going to get caught. He is going to get caught. I mean, next time we come back, ask me about the possum. Uh, because there is a trap out there ready for him and there's bait in there and he just needs to hop in there, not get hurt, okay, not get hurt. It's not a killing trap, it's just a catching trap. The Bible talks about different traps. The Bible talks about different baits. And I don't know if you've ever uh, read that book or heard um, John Bevere, a Christian preacher, uh, The Bait of Satan. The Bait of Satan, brilliant message, and you can listen to it on podcasts. I'd encourage you to do that because uh, the Bible talks about the temptations of sin and the traps set to lure people into sin, the traps laid for me, the snares. And 
what it is, is offence. What the enemy uses. Because, you know, in church, in Christianity, there's Jesus, the light. And Dan talked so beautifully about what we have when we have connection with Jesus and that forgiveness and the healing and the freedom and the life that we have. But the enemy's out there and he's trying to disconnect us and discourage us and lure us into temptation. And we're created for connection, but the devil's main strategy is division and offence. And it's awareness of how not to fall into that trap. 1 Peter 5 talks about this in verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Oh, yeah, I don't know. You would talk to these people. Maybe you've got it going on, but you've got some family members that haven't been talked to for decades. And I've heard of families that live in the same town or even around the corner from each other, and they don't talk to each other because there's an offence that's happened. And there's this division that's occurred and it's like, we'll never talk to them. And you hear of these uncles and aunties or grandparents or parents that haven't talked to their kids or their relatives for years or decades because of this division and offence that's occurred. Relationships get divided. Matthew 12 verse 25 says, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. This is the enemy's trap. This is the device that he uses to disconnect. If we're created for connection, this is how he comes to disconnect. And you see it in people. We're human. We take the bait. Okay, we're not, we're not above it. But we don't need to let it ensnare us or trap us. Maybe, maybe someone says something and it just triggers something. And maybe they don't say something. Or maybe they treat you a certain way. Your boss says something. You can't stop thinking about it. It consumes you. You go home. You put your head on the pillow. It's just consuming you. You wake up in the morning. It's consuming you. It's this offence. You're chewing on that bait. You don't realise that you're walking into that trap. Luke 17 verse 1. Then he, Jesus, said to the disciples, it's impossible that no offences should come. Okay, all right. So offences are going to come. All right, that's normal. That's, a, that's life. That's reality. We're human beings. So how then do we deal with it? How do we not take the bait and get stuck in that trap so that we're divided for the rest of our days or we're eaten up by offence and pain and hurt? You see, our wiring can affect our love language. It's Christmas time. Dan's talking about giving and receiving. And maybe your love language is giving. And maybe you give, give, give and every year, but you don't necessarily receive. You're like, oh my gosh. After a little while, you're like, I'm getting offended. These people that I love, they're not reciprocating. They're not giving back to me. Maybe you ring your friends or your family every month or two months. They never initiate towards you. You're like, oh, there's so long you can do it for. And then you're like, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm like getting sick of this. For me, my wiring is that I uh, value loyalty. Okay, it's all about loyalty. And if, if people are, uh, are loyal to me, then it's like, this is awesome. But if they're disloyal or even just in life, you know, celebrities, oh my gosh, if there's disloyalty, it's like they go on the list. 
Okay, I don't know if you understand the list. There's certain personalities and maybe you're sitting next to one. Maybe you are one that you have a list. It's like someone does stuff that offends you, that hurts you. Okay, uh, do we have hog's breath down here? The restaurant. All right, when I was pregnant with my first child, I went to hog's breath and, you know, they've got the big steak and they cook it for so many hours and it's amazing. Anyway, they bring it out. I didn't want it rare, rare, but I got it rare. It was like bleeding, mooing. It was like full tilt. Anyway, I'm pregnant. I'm just like, oh, I'm scared of, you know, not fully cooked meat. So I was like, can you take it back? Can you cook it a bit longer? You know, all the rest of it. So they bring it back out and it's still red. It's still bleeding. I'm just like, I can't eat this. Anyway, they didn't apologise. They didn't care. You know, I wrote them a letter. And oh, I was like, getting on the bandwagon, okay. I'm just like, you need to know this is not okay. I'm a pregnant woman. It could hurt my baby. Anyway, I heard nothing from them. Black band. Black band, uh, hog's breath, 15 years. I am not joking. Oh, my gosh. It's like, no, I'm never going to hog's breath again. They treated me. <laughs> is there anyone else like that? It's just like, you, stuff happens, okay. You're just like, all right, you're on the list. All right. Every now and again, it's like God says to me, you need to clear the list. Ah, oh, you're kidding me. After 15 years, I cleared the hog's breath list and I went back there. I was like, you know what? It's probably time. It's probably time that I forgave them. They probably changed their practices. You know, I could probably trust them with their cooking now. So they're clear. Uh, you know, some celebrities, Carl Stefanovic, anyone ever used to be a fan of Carl Stefanovic? You know, the Today Show and all the rest of it. And then he leaves his wife and then, you know, does all this behaviour. It's like, you're on the list, mate. I cannot watch you anymore. You know, me and my sister, we get there, we talk about it. We're just like, nah, you know, our husbands try and tease us and, you know, stir us about it. It's like, no, nah, I can't stand it. He's on the list, right? Okay, so he's nearly off it. He's nearly off it. But <laughs> there's other stuff that goes on, right? There's other people that get on my list because they've hurt me. And, you know, for a while, you know, I probably feed on that bait. And then it comes to a time where God says, okay, you're going to have to clear that list. And it's like, ah, oh, I need to forgive them. I need to let go of the hurt. I need to move on. This is the answer. Forgiveness. Oh, my goodness. You know, 1 Corinthians 13, this is the love chapter. And uh, people read it at weddings. Did you have it this year, guys? Diane, Alex, you got married. You didn't have the love chapter. That's fine. Because you know what it says? Love keeps no record of wrongs. What? I mean, we all know people who have elephants' memories, right? Oh, they remember what you did 13 years ago. Okay, love, love keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, that is a challenge for us. I know it's beautiful. We read it at the weddings, but then we're married to these people. <laughs> I can remember what you did in that second year of marriage, and it goes in the backpack. You know, it's like this rock, and it's just like, oh, I remember that. I remember when you said that, when you didn't give me a Valentine's gift that year. You know, you forgot about my birthday, and oh, my, <laughs> you spoke like this about my, my parents. So it goes in the backpack, right? It's not just me, is it? Ah, I know, I know. Some of you have backpacks as well. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Oh my gosh, it's taking those things out and going, okay, I choose to forgive. I choose not to hold offence. I choose not to chew on that bait and let go because that is what love is. 
We have such higher expectations of those people closest to us. You know, the people that maybe treat us a certain way in the shops or in the supermarket. Yesterday, me and Jem driving and uh, this car's behind us, like toot toot. She's just driving like normal, 40 in a 40 zone, just beep, 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 beep. It's like, what, what? We like go to the lights, it's like red, you know, go green, beep, 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 beep. Anyway, so then this lady in the BMW, you know, in Fitzroy, and she comes around us. <laughs> oh, was it black? I don't know. Uh, the, you know, the light's going to go green and she is like not going to wait. So she full on goes through the red light like, and just gets up there and, and it's like 10 seconds before it goes. She's in a hurry. Anyway, those sort of ones that you're just like, doesn't matter. It's okay. We don't have expectation of those we don't know generally, right? We're just like, no road rage, whatever. It's all good. Those people closest to us, our spouses, our kids, our parents, our friends, our pastors, our leaders, our bosses, we have certain expectations. So these are the ones that uh, we have to work hard at forgiveness, you know, because we have those perceived wrongs of what we think people think about us or what we think they've said about us and the actual wrongs. There is pain, there is hurt, there's stuff done to people here today and there's things you go yeah but you don't know there's stuff I don't you know it's very hard to forgive those who have really hurt us or deliberately hurt us real hurts real pain maybe you feel justified maybe people have never apologized what does the bible say Matthew 18 verse 21 it says then Peter came to Jesus and asked Lord How often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, Jesus said, not seven times. He replied, but 70 times seven. That's a lot of forgiveness. And we're talking daily, every day. Forgive, forgive, forgive. So Jesus isn't saying, well, if it was justified, it's okay. If it really hurt you, if you can not understand why it happened, he's just saying forgiveness is the key. Forgiveness is the key. I feel like today there's some healing going to happen just in hearts of people where there has been hurt, there has been offence, but to move into that freedom of connection and of love and of trust and hope in Jesus again, sometimes it's just a decision that you make. So many times you just need Jesus to help you. God, would you help me? I can't do it in my own strength. Would you help me to forgive those who have hurt me? I know there was a woman in our church and she was from Germany. She hadn't talked to her parents for 15 years. There was so much damage that was done. And she'd moved to Australia and she'd married and she'd had a couple of kids and her parents weren't involved in any of it. And in a um, church service, God started just working on her heart, softening her heart, just opening her eyes to see that forgiveness was the answer. And she forgave her parents. And so much so that she rang them and talked to them for the first time in 15 years. And relationships started to be restored. She ended up travelling to Germany and taking her kids and her husband and introducing them to her parents, seeing her uncles and aunties for the first time in decades. And it was just an incredible story of restoration. And that's what God wants to do. Because there is stuff that happens in our lives and things that we carry. But Jesus can come in and just bring 
that soft heart, that humility to just go, okay, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. I choose to forgive. Partner with him. Don't do it alone. Matthew 5 verse 44, it says, but I tell you to love your enemies. Pray for anyone who mistreats you. I mean, that's a big ask and you can't do it in our own strength. We need Jesus. God, help me to forgive. Help me to pray for those who have hurt me. Help me to get to a place where I can let it go. Letting go, forgiving people who are on the list. I've released people and I've realised it's not just a one-off. Sometimes it's over and over until the pain is gone. And I can genuinely pray a blessing over their lives. It's not holding the offence. Keep forgiveness high on your radar. I've been slow to forgive. I'm learning, saying, I forgive you when people apologise to you. I don't even feel like I forgive you, but I'm going to say it. That's a first step. I forgive you. Someone comes and apologise, I forgive you. Choose to forgive you. It'll come. The feelings will follow. You know why we can do this? Because we've been forgiven. Because we have a relationship with Jesus and he paid the price to, for all of our sins. And we can, we've been forgiven. Remember that moment of salvation for you where you go, God, I'm sorry for living life my way. Please forgive me. And you feel forgiven. You feel cleansed. You feel like the slate is wiped clean. That's how we can forgive others because we have been forgiven. Maybe you're offended on someone else's behalf. Have you ever carried that second-hand offence, right? I had this friend and she was engaged and to be married. And on the week before her wedding, um, he broke up with her. He cancelled the wedding. I did not like him, right, at all for a long time. You know how I was talking about the loyalty thing. So, I mean, it took me years to realise God's like, has he done anything to hurt you? Me. I was like, no. <laughs> and it's like, you need to let go of that offence. You're carrying offence on behalf of somebody else. And I had to forgive him. He'd never hurt me, but I was carrying this offence. Maybe you're carrying it on behalf of your friends or your kids or your parents or people in your life. You know, what we can do... Uh, in forgiveness, and in a moment, we're just going to pray. I might ask the band, actually, to come up. Can you come up? And uh, we're going to have just a time of prayer and ministry. But uh, keeping a sweet spirit is really important, you know, to actually prevent offences from happening in the first place. Have you heard of that Teflon spirit? Like, just uh, let it just wash off you. Just things that are said or things that happen, you're just like, no, it's cool. My husband, he's awesome at this. He's like, they didn't mean it like that. Oh, they're probably having a bad day. Oh, don't take it personally. You know, it's things like that that you're just like, yeah, true. I'll just let it go. I won't try and like, you know, fester on it. Water off a duck's back. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Psalm 119 verse 165, it says, Great peace have they that love your law. Nothing shall offend them. Let's be people that nothing offends us. Let's be in the Word of God, that we know that we're close to God, that we're living that life, that we can be unoffendable. Be in the Word of God. Adjust your expectations. Don't expect people to be perfect. They're human too, right? So adjust that. 
Ask God for a love for people. Help me to love. Coming up to Christmas time, it can be a stressful time. Expectations can raise. Be pressured. Just ask God, help me. Let's just have that Teflon spirit where things just wash off me. Even at the kitchen, at the dinner table and you're having discussion and people just getting tense and saying dumb things, right? Just like, no, I'm not going to wear it. I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to come back not out of reaction, but God help me just to keep the peace. Because so much better. You have to fight for connection. We have to work hard. We're created for connection, but there's so many things that can happen. Why don't we close our eyes? Just feel like God wants to do some work in us this morning. Just allow him to speak to you today. Maybe he wants to prompt you with a person or a thing, something that's happened to you. And it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you today that you're just going to cooperate with. Just going to have a moment where we're letting go some hurts and some offences and I don't want to underplay anything because I know there's some real pain that you walk through. But God can help you to forgive anything and everything. And maybe today he's speaking to you. We're going to let go. We're going to forgive. We're not going to let the enemy rob us. We're not going to take the bait. Forgive. 70 times 7. Allow God to soften your heart today. It takes humility to open our ears, to hear and accept what he's saying to us. We all have someone to forgive. Maybe you feel like you've forgiven them before, but you still feel so much angst around it. Just today, let it go. Let it go. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we cooperate with you. We cooperate with you. We just hear your voice today. What you want to speak to us, who you want to prompt us about. Maybe it's someone from a long, long time ago that just pops into your mind. That's probably the Holy Spirit speaking to you, just saying, there's another layer. There's another layer of forgiveness that you need to let go today. Just say, I forgive them. I forgive them. I choose to forgive. Lord, with your help today, I forgive them. I let it go. I let the pain go. I let go of the offence. Why don't we stand to our feet? I just feel like there's some healing this morning for some people. And uh, while the band just sings, I'm just going to ask, if you feel like there's some stuff that you really need to let go of, just come and stand on this altar because it's like you're you're bringing it out and you're going to leave it there. Come out here and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Can you just sing over us? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Come on, if God's prompting you this morning, I really encourage you to come out and take a stand. It's an act that you're making to come and stand on this altar and say, I am stepping out of the past. I'm letting go of the pain. I'm gonna step into the future. And this is a deliberate act that I'm gonna let go of that hurt, let go of that pain as you're standing there. Just say, I forgive them. God, help me. There's healing on this altar. I'm telling you today, there is freedom that God is unlocking in your life as you're stepping out of that pain. Don't fight it, just go with it. If He's prompting you today, oh, step out, Jesus' name.